Hello to all the listeners out there today. Welcome to another episode of On the Bubble, a tall boy sports and entertainment podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Sanders, and I hope you're all having a good one. Sit back, grab a tall boy, and enjoy. Oh, it is 2.03 a.m. here on February 9th, Wednesday, February 9th. 2.03 Eastern Time, for those curious, here in the great mitten state of Michigan. <clears throat> On the bubble, this is, I believe, our fourth episode now. Um, very excited. Uh, I look forward to every week on Tuesday night, more like Wednesday morning, getting this show done and getting it out. Hope to one day add a full-time co-host, but hey, you know, listening to my voice for... 30, 40 minutes, and in last week's last week's episode's case, an hour and 10 minutes, um, you get to listen to me, so my voice is great, and you want, you probably want to hear it as much as you can. Anyway, a little cringy there. Um, let's, I, I honestly don't know where to start. Honestly, this week, I did not really plan out what I wanted to do this week. I guess let's, we can look into the games from this past weekend. Um, few days ago we had some, we had some decent matchups um Auburn who went down tonight actually by the way they uh they fell to Arkansas let's get that out of the way Auburn will not be number 1 come next week when I speak to you guys again um tough loss for them at Arkansas big trap game for sure uh this past weekend they struggled to get by Georgia so you could kind of feel like the walls closing in for Auburn. You knew at some point this loss was going to come. They haven't lost since like the fourth game of the year when they played UConn. And by the way, UConn won tonight against Marquette. So UConn responding after those two losses to who they lose to Creighton and Villanova. I think they lost to Villanova over the weekend. Good response by them. But anyway, let's, let's see what we missed out on this weekend and kind of catch us up to where we are. Uh, last week we talked about bracketology. Um, if you follow the TikTok, I went over the top 25 for this week. Don't really want to go over that again here on the podcast. That takes up a little bit of time. But we'll start on Saturday. Just go over some of these key matchups. Illinois at Indiana. Really thought Indiana had a shot in that one. Um, they hung around for a little bit, but Illinois just overpowered them. And tonight, actually, Indiana fell again. They were down five players and I believe two starters uh, due to suspension against Northwestern. So if you had money on Indiana, um, I hope you went into that knowing that they were down five guys because that was I didn't know that information until right about before tip-off. But anyway, Indiana, 0-2 in their last two now. Can't really fault them for this Northwestern loss. That Illinois loss, not a bad loss. I mean, to get, lose by 17 on your home court's not great, but it is what it is. Iowa State. Um, as you know, if you watch my TikTok, fell from the top 25. They lost to Texas on Saturday pretty bad. Texas, uh, big win against Kansas, what was it, two nights ago now? Um, so they've beaten technically two top 25 teams in a row. I think we might be starting to see the Chris Beard effect starting to, you know, come to fruition. Uh, I, I made a video on that on the TikTok. I, I enjoyed making that one. That was, that was a fun one to make. 
Um, DePaul, this was an, I, I, I mean, I'm not huge on the Big East. I really, I'm going to get it out there now. I don't love the Big East. That conference to me, just, it annoys me. I like, I like Villanova generally. I like, I like the way they play. Jay Wright's, a, he has the Wildcats well coached every year. They always look well prepared going in every game. They don't win. I mean, especially this year, they're not as, good as you know past Villanova teams but I always feel like they still just even this year there's still a part of me Marquette it seems like the best they've beaten everybody they've been through the gauntlet they recently the tonight they fell to UConn but like ah that I just something about the Big East these teams all kind of mesh together Xavier to me is no different than Providence Providence is no different than like UConn. UConn's no different to me than Creighton or Seton Hall. You know what I'm saying? Villanova's that one team in the Big East where it's like you, I don't, I watch Villanova and I know they are going to, on the offensive end, they're going to move the ball well. They're going to get open shots. Will they hit those shots? Not necessarily. But I know it's not always going to be a rock fight. And I basically call the Big East the rock fight conference. Because every game is a rock fight. It seems like every game is like 62 to 58 or 54 to 50. Like we had tonight with Creighton and whoever the heck they play. I forgot who Creighton played tonight. There was a Butler, I think it was. They beat him like 54-52. None of these teams like do anything. Like they all just feel like the same team to me. But that's besides the point. Xavier loses to DePaul and... And that's a bit shocking. I mean, that was what DePaul's second Big East win of the year. DePaul does this thing every year where they like they start off the year looking decent. They'll win all their non-conference games. Like they nearly beat Loyola earlier this year, if I recall correctly. Uh, they beat Louisville. Like they beat an ACC team. You know, I know the ACC is not great this year, but it's like okay, you know, they beat Rutgers too. I mean. But then they get to conference play, and they always do this. Like, just not really competitive. They struggle to score the ball, but they go out and beat Xavier. Doesn't really shock me, though, because as I said, all these teams are the same, and every team is prone to a, quote, upset, end quote. Xavier um, was ranked 21st ahead of that game and somehow only dropped four spots. But Baylor and Kansas. Baylor, what's going on here? Kansas bouncing back off of that big loss to Kentucky. They just lost two nights ago, as I mentioned, to Texas. But they take care of Baylor pretty easily. Baylor, I'm not so much convinced that Baylor's a great team at this point anymore. Very solid team, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them. Nowhere near the level of last year's championship team, in my opinion, or the team from the year before that only lost, like, what, three games? I don't even remember. Akinjo, good player. I'm starting to... LJ Cryer might be the best player on this this Baylor team. I don't know. It's it's so Akinja's just such a good two way guy. You know he's great on the defensive end. He can get you buckets, but he's just so streaky sometimes. They just don't really have like a go to guy I necessarily trust in a big time situations. Last year they just had so three four guys who could do that for you. This year I don't know, and they've been struggling lately. I mean, how many have they lost now? Like I'm looking through right now. Uh, lost to Kansas, obviously, as I just mentioned, got absolutely obliterated. West Virginia, that game, oh, should have lost to West Virginia at home. 
that was coming off the game in which they lost at Bama, streaky Bama, or I guess they're streaky, bipolar Bama, uh, beat Kansas State, beat Oklahoma. Eh, they But they had that loss, that blown big lead to Texas Tech, and then they lost to Oklahoma State. So what, they basically went like two and three, then three and three if you count that loss to Bama. Should have lost to West Vossa. What, they're like four and four in their last eight? I don't know. I Baylor's not a great team. They're a good team. Still top 25, probably maybe top 15 good. I don't see them making it. I, I don't I think Kansas reigns supreme in that conference still. MSU um lost at Rutgers. Yeah, is what it is. Can't tough to win at the rack. Now here's the one I really was looking forward to. One of the ones I was looking forward to. There were a couple. USC at Arizona. This was a game in which USC really had an opportunity to prove that they aren't frauds. I am a big skeptic of USC. Very big skeptic. Tonight against Pacific, they had this just random, complete, I was shocked when I saw this, like Arizona or USC is playing Pacific from the West Coast Conference, a team that is struggling to win anything at all in that conference, if you will. They're taking on USC tonight, and USC was down eight and a half to Pacific. They ended up pulling it out, but anyway... Uh, that's besides the point. USC, they played Arizona pretty close. It was a good game throughout till the end. Arizona pulled away because at the end of the day, they're the better team, in my opinion. They made more shots at the right time. They they just were the better team that day. I it, I felt It always felt like at some point during that game, Arizona was going to just eventually pull away, and they did that after they got, I forgot how much they were down. They got down four, I believe, pretty late. Next thing you know, Arizona was up like, Seven, eight points. I'm like, yeah, that that's what I was waiting for. But Arizona continues to solidify themselves as a top three team in America, in my opinion. Arguably the best. USC continues to prove themselves to be frauds. Duke, North Carolina. That was the one I had circles. Circled coming into this weekend. Um, North Carolina. I just, we talked about it on the Bracketology show last week. And we're going to probably talk more Bracketology this week. UNC, man, just it seems like they can't beat anybody with a pulse. And for a rivalry game, one of the biggest rivalries of all time, this game didn't even feel like it just wasn't competitive at all. It felt like Duke was out there playing for Coach K, given it is his final trip to Chapel Hill. And I it just, I don't know, man, just it was hard to watch. It just didn't feel like UNC got up, ready to play, and Duke did. And that's the whole point of a rivalry. I mean, we saw a Roy Williams team, what was it, two years ago? Was that two years ago when they were really bad, like with Cole Anthony? They still nearly beat Duke, and Duke was great that year. Just, is, is Huber Davis the guy? I don't know. This team, they just don't beat. They came out with a, a, a road win tonight against Clemson, last second road win. So they're like 17 and 7 now. I'm not a big believer in North Carolina. Duke, they actually lost to Virginia two nights ago. So, I mean, a lot has shaken up. So I, I need to start doing these shows on like Monday, for real, for real. Uh, Wisconsin won this crazy low scoring game with Penn State. It was really ugly. Um, I'm not even talking about that. LSU, they're out of the rankings. They've com- been completely slipping. They lost to Vanderbilt. It doesn't get much lower than that. Although Vandy has been not nearly as bad as they usually are this year. Kentucky at Bama. Kentucky, I mean, top five team in America. 
goes into Bama, tough place to play. A lot of teams have gone in there and haven't come out. They get the job done. Uh, Gonzaga absolutely blitzes BYU by like 33. It was not even close. BYU's tournament chances, I think they're honestly probably on the outside looking in now. And then to cap off Saturday, we had UCLA fall to Arizona State in triple overtime. What Arizona State really? This is the frustrating thing about UCLA. I love UCLA and all, and they ended up dropping to number 12 in the rankings because of this loss. Like, come on, dude. Like, how do you lose that game? How do you lose to whatever? Lose to Arizona State. Bobby Hurley's team is a complete mess, and it doesn't matter because they end up pulling it out. Anyway, um, yeah. Couple games leading up to Wednesday here. Um, this show, this episode will be released on Wednesday. As usual, like I mentioned, Duke lost to Virginia actually at home. We I need to get something out, out there. If I if we see a Duke ref show to the like final four this year, because it's Coach K's last year, which is very possible, I will be very displeased. Because I have seen many games this year where the refs have just done everything they can to give the Blue Devils just wins. And this was another game right here. Virginia outplayed Duke 100% in my opinion. There was no reason Duke should have been in that game. But you know what the big difference here was? Other other than the fact that Virginia had like five turnovers, Duke had 15, Virginia shot 47%, Duke shot 42%. No, you know what the big difference here was? The only real difference here, 22 free throws to nine. That is the only reason Duke hung around and it is getting a little ridiculous that I've seen this several times this year. Go back and watch that Gonzaga game. Duke's been given the benefit of the doubt by the rest quite a bit this year. And if I see it in the tournament, I get it's Coach K's last year, but to stop, we can't be making it this one-sided. You know what I mean? Um, That same night, as I mentioned again, Texas, they had their second top 25 win in as many days. They took down Kansas at home. Kansas really dropped the ball on that one. Timmy Allen ended up in the game winner. That was that was rough. And then tonight, where we're at now, as I mentioned, UConn took down Marquette. Um, Auburn fell to Arkansas, as I mentioned. Um, Wisconsin took down Michigan State at Michigan State. Michigan State, two losses in a row now. Spartans really struggling to find an identity on offense. Um, Purdue and Illinois was really looking forward to that game. Illinois, they were up at half, and then, eh, then they weren't. And, Purdue blew them out and just solidified what I already knew. Purdue's the best team in the Big Ten. Matt Painter, you better win, um, or should I say, make a run to the Final Four this year. This is your best team, and if you don't make it, I don't know what to say. And then St. Mary's, who was newly added to the top 25, I was skeptical as to why they were added to the top 25. They're not a top 25 team, in my opinion. They just fell to St. Mary's, or sorry, Santa Clara a few hours ago. So that really wraps up any notable games here that happened in the last, what, three, four days prior to this episode. So, yeah, got that out of the way. A little recap. And like I said, I'm kind of I'm kind of winging this episode. Didn't really have any anything outlined, really anything planned. But you know what? What should we do next? Hmm. That's a great question. Oh. What am I dumb? No, honestly, no. I I can't really go on a UNC or USC rant. I USC rant. I kind of already did that. 
ah, man, I, I don't know. This is, there's, you know what? I know exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Mountain West. And yeah, let's talk about the Mountain West, shall we? So honestly, I don't recall um, exactly what I spoke about last week on last week's show. Um, but I'm pretty sure I didn't talk about the Mountain West and specifically the top half of the Mountain West. I am a, I love the mid-majors of the world. I fully support them. I mean, I know I was harsh on St. Mary's for getting in the top 25 and certainly so because they lost to Santa Clara, but you know, I like to see the top, the uh, mid-majors succeed. And so far this year, Mountain West has been a sneaky good conference, at least the top half. I actually got in an argument with my friend, Craig, who is a big, big East lover. I Earlier in the show, I mentioned how much I dislike the big East. I'm really not a huge fan of it. I argue, I will argue that the top of the Mountain West so we're going to go Wyoming, Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, San Diego State. Hell, even throw Fresno State in there. They're as good as just about anyone in the, the Big East, in my opinion. Like Wyoming, this team right now. I, I love this Wyoming team. They Tonight, they um in overtime took down Utah State. They sweep the season series against Utah State. Ryan Odom over there from UMBC who took over the Utah State job. And it's been a little bit of a rough year, rough patch transition year. What is what it is? Wyoming. They also beat Fresno State on the road at Fresno and on Sunday. Then they beat Boise last week on Thursday. Like they they are and they beat Colorado State. Like they have been stringing together. They're getting through the tough part of their conference schedule here. And what are they now? One nine and one in conference. They had nine and one in conference and twenty and three overall. Wyoming, watch out for Wyoming. Like actually, their only losses this year are a tough loss in that little tournament they had against Stanford earlier this year. Um, Stanford's not a bad team by any means, but like Wyoming, I if they played again, I'd take Wyoming on that one. Um, Arizona. Um. And then Boise State. So really no bad losses on the resume for Wyoming at all. And looking at their schedule now, coming up, they got San Jose State on the road, New Mexico on the road, and then they get Air Force at home. San Jose State is dreadful. That should be a win. I don't care if it's on the road. And then New Mexico. New Mexico could be a sneaky one. That could be a trap game in all honesty. Um I believe that's Richard Patino's team, if I'm not mistaken. And they have uh, Jamal Mashburn's son on their team who can really score the ball. That that game might be a little sneak. I'm not going to lie. They cannot drop that one, though. But anyway, their next three, they should win. They should be 23-3. and three. They're going to be ranked. They're just on the outside of the AP Top 25 looking in. They're going to be ranked, especially going into that game on the road against Colorado State on February 23rd. And then, yeah, Colorado State. That, let's talk about them next. Colorado State, eighteen and three overall, eight and three in conference. This team at the beginning of the year, big expectations coming off. They 
made a run in the NIT last year. They didn't win it, did they? I can't remember. Who won the NIT last year? I don't it doesn't matter. They were in the NIT, they made a nice run. They obviously would like to do a lot better than an NIT berth this year. They've got the talent. And Colorado State has the talent. David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens are two. I I completely forgot to even mention Hunter Maldonado and Graham E.K. for Wyoming. Wyoming and Colorado State both have two guys that can just go get you 20 points like it's nothing. David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens. David Roddy tonight, or when did they play? Yeah, they played tonight against, uh, they just played tonight against, uh, who they played? Nevada, right? I believe it was Nevada. He went off for like, he scored like 30 points tonight. Just this guy's good. He's shooting like almost 60% from the field, 50% from three. His splits are insane. David Roddy, very underrated player. But anyway, Colorado State, they started off the year like red hot. Like they jumped into the top 25. They were blazing. They got absolutely embarrassed by San Diego State after their 11-0 start. No shame in that. San Diego State's a good team. But Colorado State, they're right there in the thick of things too. Like, that's and they're in third place. I haven't even talked about Boise State yet. Boise State, now these guys, they play a little bit differently. They seem a little, when I watch Boise, they feel a little, I don't know, because this whole conference, they they like to get at it def- after defensively. But with Boise State, these guys feel different in the sense that they can kill you with the long ball. They absolutely kill you. Um, what's his name? Emmanuel Acott on that team. That guy's a sniper. Whenever I watch Boise State, Emmanuel Acott is hitting threes left and right. Um, Boise is a dangerous team, dude. They started off the year slow. Um, last year, how did they turn? I can't remember what happened with them last year. They were pretty. I can't remember. I really can't. Dang, I, it's kind of bothering me now that I can't remember. But I'll get. I'll get on it. I think they started off the year tough like bad 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 start to the year lost to uc irvine lost to the bonnies in that one tournament bonnies at the beginning of the year looked like it would be an okay loss to have on the resume i mean since then the bonnies who were a sleeper of mine have completely fallen off the face of the earth but anyway a loss to cal state bakersfield ugly 46 to 39 loss to cal state bakersfield not a good loss not at all. That's they were three and three after that one. Then they lost to St. Louis. So they were three and four. And since they dropped to three and four, they're 15 and one in their last 16. And they've done it defensively and they've done it with the long ball. They have a nice little win in there on the road against Washington State. Um, that's a quad one win right there. Beat, beating Fresno State, not an easy thing to do. They swept the season series against them. Um, beat San Diego State on the road, another quad one win. They beat Wyoming at home, another good win. I mean, Boise is getting going. They they have the talent. They just started off the season dreadfully. But they they got four, three, four guys that can, can go get you a bucket if you need it. And the, I'm I'm excited to see where this Mountain West goes. And I guess, obviously, as I mentioned, San Diego State and Fresno State, you got to throw them in the mix. San Diego State, offensively inept this year, can't really score the ball at all. Matt Bradley's literally the only sign of, like, offensive hope this team has. Like, really, like, yeah. now that I look at it, he's the only player in double figures for them, averaging 17 a game. The former Cal Bear. Um, 
really the like they're a great defensive team. They will they're okay with scoring 45 points and winning. Like they will do they will hold you down. You will not score on this team. They are t- they are very tough to score on. Um they had a tough loss to Colorado State on Friday. Almost pulled it on Colorado State at Colorado State, but their next few games they should pull out. I fully expect them to beat San Jose State technically today, tomorrow. That's when they play them. They get Air Force at home. Um, Utah State at home. Utah State's been disappointing. I don't really trust them. They should win their next three to get the 16-6, and six, which would have put them at 8-3 and three in conference play. So right there, there's four teams that just got to watch out for. And even Fresno State. Fresno State's no pushover. Fresno State, another great defensive team. These teams, just everyone in the con- this conference, just play. They play great defense. Traveling to Fresno State and playing there, the house that Paul George built, that's a tough place to play. They, however, are a little bit different in the sense that they haven't really racked up any quality wins. They're kind of not really even like close to the bubble, but like they're still a sneaky team. They have a, what's their big man's name? They have a big man, Orlando Robinson, I believe is his name. He's like seven feet tall. He, he gives him like 20 a night. He, he is a stud and I believe he's only a junior. So he's going to be back next year. Fresno State has the potential next year to be very, very solid if they keep that core group of guys intact. But the top four, five, I'll say the top four in the Mountain West have a great shot of getting into the tournament. Wyoming has a deep, great shot of being ranked. They should be ranked next week in the polls. Boise State right there. Colorado State. I mean, those top three as solid as you can get. And then San Diego State. If only San Diego State had an offense. Really, all they have to do is avoid any bad losses. And I think they should be in. I I want to say they're in. But you never know with uh, with college basketball what, what can happen. But yeah, the Mountain West, I really want to get that out there. Because not enough people around the college basketball world are talking about how good this conference is. If you want to watch some good mid-major basketball, they usually play on Fox Sports 1, CBS Sports. You can catch catch them at like 10 p.m., 8 p.m. Like tonight, what were they on? They, they had, I think it was their Fox Sports 1 day, I think. They have nights like designated for on specific stations, but if you want to watch good mid-major basketball, go watch them out in West. They're a lot of fun to watch. I really hope we can see at least three or four of those teams in the conference, or sorry, in the NCAA tournament. So I was bored the other day. Um, I was speaking with my, I'm going to call them casual college basketball fans that I call friends. Um, I probably watch college basketball more religiously than most Um not trying to sound like a know-it-all, but like I'd say my knowledge is probably a little bit ahead, a little bit higher, a little greater than your average fan. Um, but anyway, I don't I don't remember exactly what sparked the conversation, but I made the comment that Michigan State or it wasn't even Michigan State, it was Baylor. I was talking about Baylor. I was I said, quote, I said it in this show too. I don't think Baylor's all that great. I I think they're a good team. I don't think they're great. And I said this, we were basically talking about Michigan State. I live in the state of Michigan, so it's basically you're either a Michigan or a Michigan State fan. I'm on the Michigan side. My friends are on the Michigan State side, um, at least in this 
since these fronts are on the Michigan State side. I'm like, yeah, Michigan State's they're good. They're not a great team. I'm sure everyone can agree with that. Um, but then I we were like, I was like, yeah, like here here's why I think Michigan State's not that great. And then I started going through the resume. I'm like, even that loss to Baylor, like Baylor's not great, and they lost to them by 20. And then they're like, oh, what do you mean? Baylor's great. But so I decided to kind of like rank, do like this ranking, um, like of tiers kind of, um, where I kind of like do, I, I take the teams in the top 25 and I kind of rank them based on whether they're great, good, or just, you know, pretty good. Or, you know, I threw in a couple like overrateds in there. USC, you're not safe. So let's do it here. I mean, let's go through the top 25 and kind of like tear this out a little bit. Auburn, number one. I mean, they're elite. I have to put them in the elite category. They're number one. They've lost one game since like Thanksgiving. Like elite. Don't really have to discuss that one. Gonzaga, elite. Again, don't have to. By the way, I must say the top 25 is really starting to shape out because the top five in the AP are who I believe to be the top five in America. I'll get that out of the way. Gonzaga, elite. I mean, I don't really have to talk about this one either, do I? So, so far in the elite category, we have Auburn and Gonzaga. Purdue, elite. Jade Nivey, perhaps the, could be the best guard in America for all I know. Um, or for all we know. It's uh, he's lucky he's on a team with uh, guys like Zach Eady and Trayvon Williams, where he doesn't have to give you 25 a night. He could do it. I, I truly believe he could give you Johnny Davis numbers if you really needed him to. But I think he might be the best player in the Big Ten and arguably the best guard in the country. Uh, and as I mentioned, Zach Eady, Trayvon Williams, great post presences down there. And they shoot the three ball really well. Mason Gillis, Sasha Stavanovich, guys like that. Elite Purdue, Matt Painter, do something with it. Arizona, elite. I love Arizona. They might be the team I bandwagon come this March if my Michigan Wolverines don't get in, which right now it looks like they're probably not in unless they get to work. Well, that's besides the point. Arizona is elite. I love Arizona. They don't have a weakness besides maybe shooting the three ball. Not great at it. They can do it, though. Benedict Matherin, top five player in America, in my opinion. Big men, how are you going to go up against Azulis Tabellas and Christian Coloco both at the same time? You got Justin Kyer, freaking, who do you have? Justin Kyer, uh, Pele Larson, and Umar Balo coming off your bench. That's the most underrated part. I mentioned this on TikTok. That's the most underrated part of this Arizona team. Their depth. Like, then you got Damon Terry, Kirk. Like, this team is good. Like, I love Arizona. Number five, UK, Kentucky. Yes, elite. I put them in the elite category. Who knows? They might be better than Auburn. I mean, when Ty Ty Washington went down when they played, I believe Kentucky was up in that, right? Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens when they play each other again. I believe they play each other again, but we'll see. Uh, Houston, number six team in America. I'm gonna just going to say Houston's good. Like, I'm usually a big Houston guy, but the thing with Houston this year is the American is very weak this year. Like, we expected to see teams like Memphis at the top. You traditionally would see Wichita State at the top of the conference. 
right now in second place is SMU. I I like SMU too. SMU is a good team. They got some veterans on that team. They're seven and two in conference and sixteen and five over sixteen and five overall. In third place, it's Tulane at ten and ten overall. And then the rest of the conference is just bleh, like not good. Houston, the thing with them, they're winning as they should. They shouldn't lose these games, but they don't have point guard like they do. But they, it's not a point guard I necessarily want. What's his name? Taze Moore from from Bakersfield, the transfer. He's like a fifth-year senior. He's technically the starter, starting point guard from this year, and he wasn't even like a really a starter at Cal State Bakersfield. Tremont Mark being out, Marcus Sasser being out. Sasser Sasser was like that go-to guy. He was really starting to solidify himself as like a, a guy who could get you almost 20 a game. But, you know, they... They dig India. You know how Houston is. They'll beat you with defense. They grab a shit ton of boards. You know how they are. But I'm going to have to stick Houston in the just kind of like, they're good. Like, number six in America, yeah. But, like, are they actually the sixth best, sixth best, ugh, sixth best team in America? That is up for debate. Seven Duke. They just lost to Virginia. Uh, good. I'm not big on the Duke train. They're just they're just good. Like they're a good team. They're not great. They're just dark. They're good, I guess. I don't know. I I like I don't think they're as good as their record. They play in a pretty bad conference. They got the talent to be great, but I can't I, I personally just think Duke's just kind of they're just good. They're good. Kansas, I put them more towards the elite category. I'm very hesitant to put them in. I, you know what? No, Kansas is elite. So rounding out six teams in the elite category, Auburn, Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, UK, and Kansas. The thing with Kansas is they've got so many guys on this team that it's it's insane. Abaji is giving you a 20 a game. Brown, sorry, not Brown. I was going to say Brown. 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 It's spelled Brown. Giving you a 15. Jalen Wilson, great player. McCormack is a great player. And then Remy Martin, who was like preseason Big 12 player of the year. This guy's like your fifth best player. They had, if that's, that's, that's not a bad problem to have, having Remy Martin as your fifth best player. Guy was supposed to be winning the Big 12 player of the year. Odd how it worked out, but dude, Kansas is deep. I'll put him in the elite category. I know they got their ass whooped by Kentucky, and they lost at Texas, but I still got to keep them there. They're just too much talent not to. Nine, Texas Tech, they're just good. Like, yeah, they're, they'll they beat you. Like, they don't come off the page. They're not like a well-rounded team. They got guys who give you, like, you know what? No, I really don't know. Texas Tech is a tricky one. They're on that great line. They're on that good line. They beat you with defense. They they can score a lot better than I expected. I don't know. Texas Tech is a tough one. We're going to stick them alongside Houston. They're just good. And Duke, good team. Baylor, also good. I, I, I already gave my rant about Baylor. So Baylor, Texas Tech, Duke, and Houston are find themselves in the good category. Providence. Uh, sorry, uh, about to sneeze. No sneeze. How embarrassing. 
Providence, see, this comes back to my whole thing about the Big East. I labeled them as as pretty good, so I guess they're kind of in the good category. They're not great, but, like, they're good, I guess. Like, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, Providence, I'm just not a firm believer. When your best scorer is Al Durham and he's shooting 30% from the field, I don't have much faith in you, and I don't think they're a, ter- a team in the tournament that's going to make a run. UCLA, firmly in the good, definitely not great. I mean, they're close to the great, but like, you know what? UCLA, I don't care if they lost Arizona State. I'm putting UCLA in the great category. They're just too talented, too too much experience. Great. UCLA's great. Looking back on this list. Illinois, great. Uh, they got destroyed by Purdue tonight. But trust me, Illinois is great. Kofi Coburn, that Alfonso Plummer, Trent Frazier, Andre Corbello, great team. Wisconsin, just, they're, I don't know how they win as much as they do. I got to put them in good just because, like, they have, like, the most quad one wins in America. And even though outside of, like, Johnny Davis, it seems like they have no offensive presence at all, but they just keep winning. Got to put them in the good category. Villanova, good, kind of underachieving this year. Um. If they figure it out, they'll watch out. They might jump into that great conversation. Ohio State, pretty good. They're good in the good. Um, MSU, good. I mentioned that already. Marquette, good. Pretty good. I'm going to put them in the same category as Providence, obviously, but they are the best team in the conference in the Big East right now, in my opinion. Um, Marquette, just led by Justin Lewis, Daryl Marcel, Shaka Smart getting it done there. Good team, not a great team. Tennessee, same thing, good. Texas, their stock is rising. Good team. They're, they might find themselves in the top 15 here in the next week or so. Watch out for them. USC, frauds. I put them in the frauds category. They're like the only one in this this list, <laughs> top 25 list. I labeled it as a fraud. I just wrote fraud. Just They haven't beaten anybody. They lost to Stanford twice. Tonight against Pacific, they refuse to play a good basketball game. USC doing no favors and um I'm not going to I'm not going to give them any leeway. USC overrated. St. Mary's they're going to be out of the top 25. I already said just they're pretty good. They're not top 25 good. Maybe tournament good, sure. Murray State not too familiar. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I've not watched a lot of Murray State this year shockingly enough. I've heard they're a lot like John Moran's team from a few years ago in terms of offensive efficiency, but I I can't I couldn't properly rate Murray State. UConn just pretty good. I'm sorry I I'm really sounding like I'm just shitting on the Big East, but UConn they I mean they got some good you know R J Cole gets you gets you sixteen seventeen a night, albeit he's shooting probably a pretty crappy percentage because that's how all Big East leading scorers are. Honestly, in my opinion, Tyshawn Martin is the best, or sorry, why do I, say, I always say Tyshawn. Tyrese Martin is the best player for UConn this year, in my opinion. But anyway, that's besides the point. Pretty good. And then Xavier, like, uh, you just lost to freaking DePaul. Pretty good. I kind of wrote those down. Thought I'd share that. Um, feel free if you guys are listening to this. If you came from the TikTok, leave some comments about this. Um, really, the only elite teams in the nation I see: Auburn, Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, Kentucky, and Kansas. That's the way I see it right now. Um, 
UCLA, Illinois, great teams, close to a leap, but not quite there. And honestly, I'm starting to think maybe Texas Tech is starting to get into that great category. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a, something fun I could share with you guys. Um, little spur of the moment thing. But six teams in this nation, I believe, are in that elite category that have a great shot or the best shot of winning the national championship. So as we did last week, it is important that we discuss the bubble or the NCAA tournament as a whole, given we are on the bubble, a tall boy podcast. Anywho, um, I'm not going to go through, you know, every single region, every single team like I did last week. I kind of wanted to go over some teams that are kind of their stock is rising and there's those whose stock is falling. Um, so without further ado, let's get into that. Um, the big one that stood out to me, um, Ellis or not really the big one that stood out to me, but the team whose stock is falling the most, I don't recall what they were last week. Um, and this is going based off of Joe Lenardi's bracketology, by the way, we love Joe Lenardi. Um, I actually purchased his book, never actually read it, but it's sitting there on my dresser waiting to be read. Probably never will be LSU dropped. I don't know what they were. I can't remember what they were off the top of my head from last week. Um, they're now at the seven line. They've lost like six in a row. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. They know they had some injuries, but those injury issues seem to be resolved yet. I, I don't know. Uh, LSU really needs to figure that out. Oregon, I believe they were on the last four in line. They were like on the bu- like bubble bubble last um, last week when we talked about this. This was updated as of technically yesterday, the 8th. Um, Oregon, they're a last four by now, according to Joe. And Oregon, you don't want to face or Oregon just gets hot at the right time. Their season started off so terribly, and they've just, you know, they've bounced back. They got some win. Who they Did they beat USC? I'm pretty sure they beat USC. They beat UCLA. They got their season back on track. Oregon. Um, right now, sitting on the 10 line, a last four in team. Arizona, They, t- I believe. I don't know if Arizona was even on the one line last week. They might have been. I can't remember. But they are on the one line this week. Um, good for them. Wyoming. They jump up to the nine line. Wyoming should be on the nine A line. They really, sh- as long as they don't lose some like crazy games here to like say Air Force or like San Jose State, Wyoming should be in the field pretty safely. Like I could see them getting as high as like a six seed if they just keep winning. If if they want to win out, which and win the, their conference tournament, which I don't think happens, I think you got to give them like a five seed. In all honesty. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. MSU, I believe they were maybe a three last week. They dropped a four. They've lost two games in a row. This was before they might've been a four. This became, came before their loss to, um, Wisconsin tonight. So Michigan state, they're going to be finding themselves on the four lower end of the four line here. Closer might be closer to the five here. They need to, need to get back on track. Bama down to six, Miami 11. I believe they were around there. Providence is up to three. I don't remember what they were last week. Maybe the four, maybe at four or five. 
Providence. I just not big on Providence. I'm really not like, I know, look at the resume. It looks not bad. They had that win against Wisconsin earlier this year, which looks good too. I know Johnny Davis didn't play in that game, but you can't hold that against them. I, right now they're projected to play Vermont in the first round. If Providence played Vermont, I don't, that's a great game. Vermont might honestly steal that game if they play. Providence to me is just not a team that gets out of the first weekend. But here we are talking about them as a three seed. They they continue to win though. I mean, what, they're 20 and two this year. It is what it is. Baylor, I'd have to go through their resume again, Baylor, but they're sitting at the two line. And even with their struggles as of late, they're sitting on the two line. Again, I have to look through the resume. I'm not really sure what it looks like. But yeah. Um Colorado State, uh, I believe they were on the last four in type line last week. Boise State still fit, sitting firmly in. Iowa State drops. I don't remember what they were at last week, but they're down to nine. Iowa State, it was really starting to look like a good turnaround from last year, a good Cinderella story, if you will. They were in the top 25 there for a minute. Things have gotten a little ugly for them. Um, I think they still end up making the tournament. Um, I don't know if they firmly get in with a bye, but I think they will get in. Now, here's where it gets interesting. BYU stock going down. They're a last foreign team. BYU should not be in the tournament. BYU, get them out. I don't know. They That loss to Gonzaga, you had to have at least been competitive in that game with Gonzaga. You got blown up by like, you were down like 40 to Gonzaga at home. Get them off here. North Carolina, the only thing keeping North Carolina in this is the fact that they don't have any bad losses. They haven't beaten anybody though. North Carolina is one bad loss away. Like they almost lost to North or sorry, Clemson tonight. They're one bad loss away from falling out of this tournament completely. Wisconsin at four. They're about to rise to three. They're going to be on that three line here. I believe they have the most quad one wins in America. Uh, they didn't rise really or fall here, but I think they, they got to rise. Uh, USC moves up to, I think they were on the seven last week. They move up to six after a lost Arizona. Oh, Oh my USC man, how are they a? Uh, I I guess a six is. I don't even think a. Give them a seven, dude. Sevens. I don't like that. I don't like USC. It's way too high. Arkansas right now. Arkansas is the team that's gonna rise here. They might go into the, like the get close to the five line. They're Lenardi had them as a seven at the beginning of yesterday. They just beat Auburn, the number one team in America at home, and. That's that's big because as a seven, they were projected to play Murray State, and you don't want to play Murray State in the first round. Um, Wake Forest, I don't remember what they were last week, but they're still on the 8-9. I think they were on the 8-9 line. TCU still there. Texas up to four. Four might be a little high. I'd say more like the five line, but like yeah, Texas playing a lot better. I got to give it to them. UCLA down to three line. That makes sense. How is Oklahoma still? No, no, no. Oklahoma is going to be out of this tournament unless they figure something out. How are they a blast for buy? Come on. Oklahoma is still in whatever. Other than that, I don't see a lot of changes. San Francisco is still there. San Francisco just lost tonight to Portland, which is not going to help them here because right now they are a buy. One of the last few buys in the tournament. That's not going to help. Also, I don't know if I mentioned it, but Notre Dame is in that last four buy category. With Oklahoma, God, I just get uh, get them out. Um, Oklahoma should not be in the tournament. 
Miami, they're starting to fall. They, Miami needs to figure it out. They're kind of slipping a little bit. But no real huge changes. LSU seem to be one of the bigger ones falling. Arkansas, they're rising. Just Texas, they're rising. We saw some interesting movement here. Um, San Francisco, yikes, though. That, that loss to Portland might open it up for a team like North Carolina to slip in. And honestly... I think I'd rather see San Francisco than North Carolina. What do, what does, I mean, I guess that loss to Portland is a terrible loss, but I don't know. We'll see how it all works out in the end. But that's this weekend's episode of, or this week's segment, I should say. Sorry, they made it sound like I was wrapping up the episode of On the Bubbles Bracketology. I don't know. I haven't come up with a great name for the segment yet, but some rise in stock, some some, you know, plummeting stocks from some teams in the nation like to do this every week leading up to the tournament. So yeah, that was a good segment. Interesting to see some of the movement, see where teams are lining up and it's all going to set up to be a great March. So I wanted to wrap up this episode, but before I did that, I wanted to say thank you to all of those out there that went ahead and followed the TikTok, the on the bubble TikTok, we have surpassed a hundred followers, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it really is a hundred plus people. Really, when you think about it, once you actually reach the one hundred follower plateau, it really puts into perspective how much, how impressive it is. Some of these people who have like millions of followers, like I have a hundred plus people willing to watch my videos and listen to my perspective on things. I on my main channel, my main account, my Tallboy Entertainment main account, I've got close to 6,000 followers. To me, that's a that's a lot. 6,000 people, that's a lot of followers. They don't know me. They they just know my content, but they're willing to follow and listen. On top of that, I noticed that there were I believe five or six listeners to last week's podcast and for me, I listen to the podcast maybe once after I post it, sometimes I don't even listen to it at all. I can't remember if I listened to last week's podcast. So that means at least at least four or five, at the least, people last week went ahead and listened to the podcast, which I believe is a new high for us. So that's really cool. That's not a lot of people, but like four, five people in this world decided to listen to me talk about college basketball. Which is kind of cool. I, it's weird. It's weird, but it's it's not a lot. Like I said, but I'm very appreciative, and I really am looking forward to continuing to grow the Tallboy brand. Really continuing to grow on the bubble, search different you know avenues, ways to get out content, all that good jazz. But to all those who are following on the bubble on TikTok, and all those who listen here to the podcast, thank you so much means a lot i look forward to getting this podcast out every week and yeah i don't know i don't know more else to say other than thank you but that'll wrap up this week's episode of the podcast next week we'll be back to it same day be expected wednesday morning every week we might maybe at some point we'll move it to i'm starting to think maybe i should start doing it on like monday tuesday very beginning of the week so i can recap the weekend and stuff like that but as of right now, I plan to get a, the next week's episode out on the same day. But yeah, 
I hope you enjoyed this fourth episode, I believe. I don't quote me. I believe it's the fourth episode of On the Bubble, a Tallboy podcast brought to you by Tallboy Sports and Entertainment. I really appreciate you all listening, and I hope you have a good one. Get caught up in your college basketball. Grab a Tallboy while at it, maybe, and enjoy.